But we all know that there are things in our life that are changing daily. In some states, it's changing hourly. It's not a secret that right now things are crazy. But I'm here to tell you and here to proclaim today that there is one thing that shall not change. There is one thing that you can count on. There's one thing that you can depend on. And that is the absoluteness of God. When everything around us is sinking sand, it'll be on him, the solid rock we stand. Amen? We as a church only believe, but as a church in America, it would tend to believe that our faith is being shaken. Oh, but let me tell you, though it looks as if there's a shaking going on, there's an affirming, there's a strengthening, there's a assuredness in our faith more today than there was yesterday see I know that inside now I am fully assured fully aware of the presence of God in America that I serve a mighty God somebody say mighty in that little comment box say we serve a mighty God I want you to remember that our God is mightier than any economy that could be crashed it's mightier than any sickness and disease it's mightier than fear doubt and unbelief he is the savior of the world amen my savior he conquered death and because he lives I can face any tomorrow that might look uncertain my life your life is not based on what we feel, not based on what we see, but it's based on faith in God, faith in his power, faith in him and in who he is in this situation. Hallelujah. Now, with all that being said, I'd just like to let the devil know that that's what you get when you keep me quarantined for four weeks. If you want more of it, then just keep the quarantine coming. <laughs> if I can hear some LOLs out there because you know you're feeling it with me. Today's message is a simple one. It's stay in and stay safe. And I know you're all thinking, hmm, I wonder where she got that one from. Well, let me tell you, we all know the obvious reason today that we're supposed to stay home and stay safe. With COVID running its course, however, I'd like to remind you that we have a much greater reason a greater reason spiritually to stay in relationship with him. It will stay safe. If we stay in relationship with God, we will stay safe from the enemy. Not just for two or three months like a quarantine, but it's got to become a way of life for you and I. It's not one day you have your foot in and the next day you have your foot out, but we got to stay in relationship with the Almighty God. You see, COVID may have taken thousands. By the time we're done, maybe hundreds of thousands. But daily, the enemy of God is taking millions one by one to a spiritual death. A life without God, a life without hope and no way out. We, the church, have had the greatest pandemic on our hands for centuries. Are we aware? Are we enlightened? Are we alerted to what's really happening? That thousands of souls that die every single day, every second there's another death. Every second there's another death by way of the enemy and not spending a life of eternity with Christ. It's not a secret that there's a devil in this world. He's real. 
He's deceptive, and he's very crafty in his ways. And trust me, he don't need any help with any ideas. <laughs> his goal in life is to lead people away from God, to destroy our lives and our families. He looks for vulnerability, and he takes advantage of us and situations, and let me tell you, he does not fight fair. See, there would be no reason for you and I to stay in and stay safe if there wasn't an enemy and an adversary out there looking to take advantage of you and I. This enemy looks like a virus because he doesn't go away until he gets what he wants. The Bible says that in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, that we're to be alert and sober of mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay alert, be vigilant, for life is not just to be sober and vigilant and cautious during quarantine but during our whole life. But I'm here to tell you that there's good news in the gospel. There's good news that says, if you stay in relationship with God, the devil cannot take advantage of you and he cannot devour you like prey. Now, I'm just going to take this time because you might be saying, Pastor Nicole, you don't know me, but I'm lost. I've fallen away from Christ. I'm hopeless. And honestly, right now, I feel afraid. I'm alone, and this quarantine's just pushed me over the edge. That's okay. It's done that to a lot of people. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus went to the cross for you. He died for your sins so that you could have hope, so that you could have life, so that you don't have to be afraid any longer. And you don't have to be alone. If you want to know that Jesus today, then I want you right now, I want you to type in the comment, Jesus. And our social team is going to reach back to you and they're going to pray the salvation message with you today. Listen, there is no time to waste. There is no time to lay back and consider whether you should or you shouldn't. Life or death. Blessing or or cursing is yours today if you just choose Jesus. Now let's get back to my message. I know that there may be some viewers out there you think, Nicole, why do we do a message? Because there may be some viewers that are only going to watch for that first 10 minutes. And we want to be sure that we give them the gospel message in its fullness so that they can receive Jesus and feel safe during this time. Amen? And for the rest of eternity. So here's the deal. We're going to start in 1 John 3, 4, 10. That is my starting scripture, 4 through 10. And here's what it says. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared, he's talking about Jesus, so that he, Jesus, might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. In Jesus, remember, he was the spotless lamb. There was no sin in him. No one who lives in him keeps sinning. And no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. 
Hmm. In other words, to be a Christian, we are to stay in relationship with Jesus and have no sin in our life. Now let's move on to 1 John. I'm going to stay in 3, verse 24. It says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, in Christ, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now listen, it says he's the one who keeps his commandments. In other words, when you and I do what it says in the Bible, then we live in Christ. Now remember, in order to stay in relationship with him, if we do wrong or go against the written word of God, then all we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Now I would encourage you, do this quickly. Quickly repent and turn from the way that you were and go back to God's way of living. Don't cover it up. Don't try to hide it. Just say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And immediately, he no longer remembers your sin. And ask for help, and he'll help you get out. Now, let's look at 1 John 5, 18 and 19. It says, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God, that's Jesus, keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Harm who? Harm the children of God. If you're a Christian and you're living in relationship with God, then you have no reason to fear the enemy that is lurking around every corner and waiting to harm you. Let me tell you, sickness and disease has no part of your life. Poverty has no part of your life. When you are sold out, dedicated, and not living in sin, in the righteousness of God, when you stay in Christ, trust me, it says right here, the evil one cannot harm them. See, sin opens the door to the devil. It's not that it only takes you out of relationship with God, but it opens the door so that the devil can take advantage of you. See, he doesn't come to just look inside. He comes to look inside and then step into your life and begin to bring havoc. That's who the enemy is. He's not kind. He's not gentle. He's horrible. He's deceitful and a liar. And his ultimate goal is to bring you to the end an eternity without Christ. But God wants to bring you to an end with an eternity with him. So I'm going to give you an example of where Scripture shows us that this sin will allow an advantage for the enemy. Go to 2 Corinthians. Well, I'll just read it for you for time's sake. 2 Corinthians 10 and 11, and I'm going to paraphrase. It says that as believers, we're to forgive those who have wronged us in order that Satan, the adversary, might not outwit us or take advantage of us. For we are un, not unaware or ignorant of his schemes, purposes, or thoughts and plans. Now listen, you and I know that as believers that 
To be forgiven, you have to forgive. You don't get forgiveness if you're holding unforgiveness on somebody. So that's a sin. But this is proof in the scripture right here that if you have sin in your life, that the devil can outwit you and that what was very open and you could see his scheme, you could see his purpose, you could see his plan of operation, now you can't see. And he can outwit and take advantage of you. So my thing is, is that when you have unforgiveness, because of course we were talking about the scripture of unforgiveness, but when you have sin in your life, you got to rid yourself quickly as to not give the devil advantage of you. The other day I was washing my hands and I thought to myself, I've washed my hands so much they're cracked. And not because of the virus necessarily, but because now I'm at home cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, well, not every single day. But I'm cooking and baking much more than I was, so my hands are constantly in dishwater. By the way, I bought styrofoam cups and paper plates and napkins, and I still have two loads, three loads of dishes a day. I just like to say that. It's like all they do is just eat, wash, eat, wash. I don't know if any other mother has that problem right now, but I'm truly feeling it. I got rash on my hands. (laughs) But as I was washing my hands... The old song came back to my remembrance. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. You remember the song. But when I think about remaining in relationship with God, right now it's not an option for you and I to be in sin. I'm just going to tell you, it's in order to stay safe, from the enemy that is out there, you have to wash your hands in the physical realm to wash those germs off or it could cause you sickness. They're telling us today that it could even cause death. Listen, forget that right now. It's the same way if sin touches your hands. If you don't wash your hands from evil deeds, evil thoughts, hypocrisy, racism, lust, lying, unforgiveness, whatever the sin is that you're dealing with, this can cause a spiritual germ, as if it were, to get on your hands and bring forth a spiritual death in our lives. And that equals an eternity without God. Listen, our lives It's real serious right now. More than ever before, you're aware that life and death is serious. And that's what I love. I don't love that the nation's going through this, but what I love is that it's turned the attention onto something very serious. James 4, 6 says, this is is a good scripture, and we're going to refer to it, I think, more than once, but it says, God opposes the proud, and shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God. Have relationship with him. Stay out of sin. And he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Let me remind you, 
James wasn't talking to the actual person that was lost and didn't know Christ. He was talking to the Christian, you and I, that had gotten into some trouble and who were misunderstanding some things. They were showing some favoritism. They were dealing with some ungodly things and hypocrisy. But God is telling us today, wash our hands, search our hearts, and be sure that what is in us is of Him. Because in order to be in relationship with Him, we have to have a sin-free life. Now, you know, one of the reasons that we're even having Only Believe online is because our authorities have asked or thought that it would be best for the safety of the people. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like this church any more than you do. And yes, I've got my own opinions of what I like, what I don't like, what I think's crazy, what I think's real, what I don't think's real. But here's the big deal. It doesn't matter what I think. And I'm just going to be real with you. It really don't matter what you think. We're in this situation today, and the only way we're going to get out of it is with God. The bottom line is, is I'm not a disease specialist, and I'm not a doctor. And somewhere down the line, I've got to believe that someone in authority knows a little bit more than I might know. That just maybe the years of schooling that they took has something a little bit more to do with than I do. But I'm here to tell you that in the area of the devil, there isn't no one smarter than God. And it's about time that some of us submit ourselves, our lives, our thoughts, our methods to him because he knows more about the adversary than you do. See, when we submit to his words and to his commandments, then the enemy, and we use them against him, then the enemy will flee from us and our household. 2 Chronicles 7.14. This is a scripture that's being used all over right now. But I want to read it to you because it's important. It says, If my people, those are people who are in relationship with God, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I will heal America. I will heal you. I will heal your family and everything that you own. I will put my hand on. But if you don't, then your then never gets there. See, no prayer, no seeking, and no turning away from the things that you knew to be right and turning to Him means you don't get the reward of this scripture. There's no healing and there's no forgiveness of sin. Listen, I'm here to tell the church that it's time we start to do God and life with God and God's way. No more playing around with the Christian life. See, we're not allowed to sin a little here and sin a little there. We're allowed to compromise or, well, that's not quite a hypocrite. If I just do this and, and I'll, I'll say this, and, but then I'm going to live like this behind the scenes because nobody's watching. That's not true. God's watching. God's watching. And God says that whatever is hidden will be brought to the light. Not brought to the light so you can be embarrassed. Brought to the light so that you'll be drawn to your own senselessness and you'll identify that His way is right and yours is wrong. Some of you out there today might be saying, but Nicole, I, I don't have any sin in my life. You're, you're not talking to the right person. I, I live for God. I read. I pray. I do it. Okay. Okay. 
Is there a possibility that you might have a little bit of pride in your life? Is there a possibility that, that maybe you, you've got your own agenda that you think you're just having God ride along the side of you with? See, because I'm talking to people today that it's time that we lay down our idea of how God's going to do it and what He's going to do. I'm asking you that it's time that we lay down our own plan for life's situations like this. And we say, God, we're done looking at the way we've done it for so long. But God, we're going to allow you to take over and for you to do it your way. The kingdom way. See, I think sometimes we come to church and we say, well, that's not how my church does it. Well, maybe God's after the church as a whole and how He wants to do it and not how your church wants to do it. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't change, but His methods and how He reaches the world does. Whether we like it or not, social media two months ago wasn't the prime location where the gospel was taught. But today, it is. Does that mean that God changed? No. But the method in which we get the gospel out has and praise God that it has see God's calling out to the church he's saying church will you turn from your ways your ideas your plans and accept mine without religious beliefs without traditions of men but I've always gave the offering this way well maybe you're not going to give it like that no more Maybe you're going to fall in love with text to give 77977. I love it. Can I just say that? On a regular week, because I work here, I put my tithe and offering in my purse, and then I forget my purse in the office while the service is going on because I don't want to leave my purse out here. And then after that, I go home and I come back and I come to work on Monday, and I still forget to give it in the offering. And so before you know it, I have four or five weeks of tithe packed up in my purse. If you ever need money, follow me around. You can mug me. You'll know my ties in the purse. But, oh, you're going to get in trouble. Taking the Lord's money. I'm just kidding you. I'm saying he's not looking for people that think like Pharisees and Sadducees. He's looking for people that will turn and look towards him and accept his ways. This is what protects you. This is what keeps you safe from the enemy. When you search your heart, humble yourself, seek, pray, and turn your face from anything that's unclean. This will protect you. Stay in relationship and fight the good fight. At all cost, stay humble and say, God, I don't know what you know. Lead me and guide me in your way. Ephesians 6.10 says put on the full finally my brethren let me start there finally finally an ending be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. I'm here to tell you today, some of you are out there thinking, um, great, now she's going to talk about children's church stories. She's talking about the armor of God. 
Okay, well, let me tell you something. This is not a children's church story. This is a story for God's children. That's you and I. And there is no story in here that is not big enough for any of us to read, to believe, to seal our lives around and say this is the absoluteness of God's word. And I'm here to tell you that if you think you can go through life and not be equipped as a soldier of the cross and as a soldier and put on the armor of God in order to stay away, put off the schemes, fight the darkness then you're in the wrong place because verse 12 reminds us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let me tell you something. What we're wrestling against in America today is not a virus. It's against the principalities and the darkness of this world. There is evil everywhere. Every day before the virus ever showed up, there was evil. You were not aware. Now the lights have come on and awareness is all around, right? But I'm here to tell you that the awareness is not of something in the physical realm. It's not of germs necessarily on a surface, but it's a germ that is in the body of Christ and his name is the devil. He's coming through and there's so much complacency and whining and crying and this gospel that has become so liquid and watered down. God's calling out and saying, will you turn from your way and start living a holy life before me? Here's what I want to ask you. What you're wrestling against today, it's every evil thing in darkness. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's trying to bring economic disaster and breaking families down with grief. Do you know how many people have lost loved ones that cannot bury their loved ones yet? Listen, America is being taken by the spirit of grief because they've lost loved ones. But forget about the virus. What is it that you're facing today that doesn't have COVID written on it? What were you facing before the quarantine? Because it's all coming back. It's all still present in your life. It didn't go away. Your attention left it for a season. But when all this is over and we all go back, there's going to be a new normal. But every piece of darkness and every piece of evil that was in your life before is still going to be present there today. So is your marriage broken? Have you been under attack? Is one of you or your family members sick and diseased? Do one of you deal with depression and anxiety, fear, chronic pain? See, this is not flesh and blood. This is darkness of this world, and the adversary has come to get you. Remember, he's like a roaring lion. He's cunning. Listen, I've seen lions. They don't just come out and walk around the jungle like Lion King. That's not how it is. They're down in the weeds. They're trying to hide so that you can't see them. And they wait, and they wait, and they wait for the exact advantage. When they find you vulnerable, then they pounce and they devour you. That's the enemy. So he's watching you. He's watching you. But when you put on the outfit of this soldier, when you put on the outfit of the armor of God, 
then you're able to fight and you're able to resist and you're able to withstand the attack of the enemy. See, it says in 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. This belt goes around here and it connects every piece of armor to it so that nothing can fall off. Let me tell you something. If your truth is based on the news, if your truth is based off of what the doctor is saying about your situation, then I'm here to tell you that your belt of truth is not quite connected strong enough. It's time that we stop listening to outside sources because the enemy wants you to believe what the doctor said about cancer. He wants you to believe what the devil said, that this is a crime situation that you're going to live with for the rest of your life but that is not what God says God says he went to the cross for you that he was beaten that he was literally taken beyond what man could even see him as a man any longer for you and I that one drop of blood from Calvary would have been enough to erase all of our sins to heal your body to bring blessing into your life and make you whole the belt of truth. But we have to know what God says. The word, it's written in his word. Having the breastplate of righteousness in its place. This breastplate protects your vital organs, but most of all your heart and what goes in. It says that you are, your feet are to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, be ready to take the message to the world in peace. Not in argumentativeness. Not in confrontational gospel. But in a gospel that brings peace. Share hope share love in addition to all of this it says take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one whether it's the arrow of sickness whether it's the arrow of I'm jobless and I poverty is going to knock on my door take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God Praying always with prayer and supplication. This is a time that the church has to get back in relationship with God. If you're out there today and you're viewing more than ever before, it's important that you're not just in a relationship with God, but that you're in your local church. You're in the way of the kingdom. You're, you're, you're going through the process of the kingdom with fellow believers. You're in fellowship one with another. That we're in prayer. We're in communication with God. And that we're in His will. This is going to be it, and I'm going to finish my message, but our lives as we knew it changed in one day, literally. One day, one meeting, my kids came home from school, we were shut down, and quarantined began. The word says that Jesus is coming back for his church in Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Now, keep in mind, I, I want to preface this before I say this. I do not believe this is the end. I'm just going to tell you right now, don't say that Nicole said that Jesus is coming back and the end of the world is tomorrow. That's not true. I did not say that. But what I'm telling you is that in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, it says, keep watch. You must be ready because the son of man will come 
at an hour when you do not expect him. Be ready. Just like we didn't think this could happen, just like we didn't think ever this world would be shut down, don't be ignorant and think that you'll know when he's coming and you'll repent then and get it all fixed before he comes like a thief in the night. God is coming back again, and we don't know when or how, but we are to be like the virgins with their lamps, filled with oil and ready, ready, ready in the morning, ready at lunchtime, ready at dinner time, ready at bedtime, ready at break at 10.30 in the morning, ready at break at 2.30 in the morning. Every hour of every day, you and I are to be ready. My question to you today is, if God would come back now, right now, sitting in your seat, sitting around your kitchen, would you be ready to meet the Savior? I don't think this is a joke, church. And I think that God's calling to you and I to search our hearts and to turn from our evil ways and our wicked ways. And for a sinner, that means something quite different than it means for someone who's a Christian. You might not know that you have this sin in your life, but I'm asking you from now until the week of Pentecost, I'm asking you to search your heart. For those of you that are sinners that are watching today, I'm going to pray a prayer for everyone out there today, and we're going to say this prayer together because I believe there's someone under the sound of my voice that needs to get right with God in this time, right now, today. So if you would, everyone all across Ohio and America that's watching via stream today, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask you, Lord, that everyone that is watching, Father, that you would convict the heart of the sinner that's there. If you would like to receive Jesus as your personal Savior today, then I ask you to repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean and make me new. I want you to be Lord of my life and I choose to live for you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask you to take one more step as a believer. Normally, we have you come down front and we greet you and we love you and we go through some things with you. But today I'm going to ask you, since we're online, I'm going to ask you to take one more step that you would share your faith with someone at OBM. I ask you to message us at obmcc.org. Message us or message us on Facebook through Messenger and let us know that you gave your life to Jesus today. We want to reach out to you. We want to reach back to you and we want to know that God's on the move in your life and we want to tell you what your next step is in this journey. Church, for you and I, search your hearts. Pray. Humble yourselves. Seek his face and turn. Turn. And he said if we do that, he will heal our land and forgive our sins. I ask you today, really search. Maybe a fast is in order for you and your family. You know, this is a time where we just came out of the season where they literally go into their cabinets, the Jewish people, and they look for leaven with a little brush 
to get every piece of leaven or yeast as you and I know it. They're so small out of every corner of our lives. Get that spiritual brush and go into the deep, dark corners that maybe you don't go into very often. And ask God to reveal to you what's sin in your life. We don't want to be caught not ready. When he comes back, I want to be in heaven with you.